to the automotive hour. I'm your host, Louis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Free Tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Why don't you go and give us a call? Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure wish you would. We always enjoy hearing folks all around the country and all around town. Even all around the world. If, hey, wherever if you may be. <laughs> wherever you ri- reside. That's it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give us a call. We're glad to try to help you out. Kind of makes the show a lot more interesting when folks call in. Sure. A little bit different perspective. Maybe something we didn't think about talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things to talk about, right. of course, the weather, I think, was a big thing this week all over the country. Especially down in South Louisiana. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, to see weather. snow on your balcony in New Orleans is quite a rare event. <laughs> yes, it is. And I've this, never seen it before. But And this being the second snow of the second, winter yeah, season this and, year and january is not over yet so exactly and yeah. we usually have a snow in february so yeah somewhere late february. Late february is when it really is really our colder time i guess than, than january for the most part of december but of course the ice and stuff on the roads man, oh well they, it, it shut the whole town down it shut the interstate down from new orleans all the way to lafayette mm-hmm. i was talking with a lot of folks from out of the state around the city and man y'all closed the whole i said well yeah i said if you think about it the cost of providing plows and salt and all that would be so much relative. What are you going to use it once every 25 years? Yeah. You know, it would, it would be bad to have to replace it all again to use it next time. <laughs> so it's just really, even though it's a bit inconvenient, it's, yeah, it's, it's easier, easier just to close down the interstate. More economical. It's not like they stopped the whole city. They had the, some of the U.S. highways were still open. I think right. uh, U.S. The, 90, you still had access to the city. Right. Some of the ground, most of the ground roads The were ground still. roads, but most of our interstates here are, are well, not most, but a sizable a portion, portion of them are elevated. Right. Especially when you go into New Orleans because you've got to either cross Lake Pontchartrain or the Bonacary Spillway. Or you got to drive all the way around and come in from Slidell. Well, even that, you have to take I-10 over the lake, so, or, yeah. or old uh, U.S. Uh, 11. So, yeah, you got a lake between them. So, <laughs> I mean, the only other way is to take US 90, which is airline, oh, airline highway. Right, all ground road. Ground road all the way. So, you don't have as much problem and it can keep that cleared. But anyway, that's just the way it goes. That's it. <laughs> so, that, that's what we dealt with last week. Yeah, but that's, like I said, once in a 25 oh, yeah. year experience, maybe. And one thing occurred to me, and of course, I didn't have to drive in it. I got there Tuesday and stayed put. But, uh huh. I'm thinking a lot of people have marginal tires on their cars. And on a nice sunny day, a marginal Try. tire is okay-ish. I mean, it's still going to get you down the road. But when you're in either a driving, blinding rain or a little ice or a little snow on the road. That's when they become a yeah, hazard. It's certainly more confident to have just a little bit more tread on that tire. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, of course, legally, 230 seconds is worn out mm-hmm. for a tire. You can't run your tires legally tread bare. You Correct. can't run them until they're slick. Not supposed to. Not supposed to. And there are what they call wear bars on every tire produced in the United States or sold in the United States. Which and stands 330 seconds from the... Two, 230 seconds. From the bottom of the tire. Yeah, from, from the base of the tire where it will be completely slick. It sticks up 230 seconds so that when the tread gets to that point, you can see like a little bridge across the tread. And it's just a visual reminder that the tires are legally worn out at that point. And I generally change mine before they get to that point. I just don't like taking chances. I got to buy tires anyway. It doesn't hurt me any to go a little bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but as you well know, and a lot of our listeners may well know, there are a lot of ways that tires fail other than being worn out. Sure. Age. 
is yeah. a big factor. Very big factor that most people overlook. They don't really realize that tires have an age. It's, in fact, I had a guy say, well, it's not like a carton of milk. You know, it doesn't have expiration. I said, oh, yeah, oh, it, it does. does. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Because the tire tread can wear out, but the adhesives and stuff that bond a tire together also get old. Sure. And from what experts have told me, a tire that is not in service may even be worse than one that's being used. For instance, if it's sitting on a shelf in a warehouse, you buy an old tire. Mm -hmm. That can be worse than a tire that has been out on the road. Been out on the road because they have anti-ozonates and things in the rubber that protect it from the environment. And when it rolls, that tends to come out and secrete out and all that. But they're countries around the world that have a deadline and it's normally six years right. it's considered the deadline for instance the european rubber manufacturers or rubber manufacturers of europe say six years is limit on a tire and they don't sell them after that or even close to that and you're supposed to come off of the car correct before that now the rubber manufacturers of america have never issued such a statement and the reason being, I believe, a lot of their members have put pressure on them because let's say you're a tire manufacturer and you have hundreds of thousands of tires sitting out there that are four years old and you want to sell them. You don't want to throw them away or five years old. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking millions and millions of dollars on the line. Sure. That if they made a blanket statement like they did in Europe, it would cost people a lot of money. They would have to certainly regulate their inventories a whole lot closer. But... In the United States, it's left up more to the tire stores and the consumer themselves to watch that. Right. There's not, There's not although a, a, I think it should. I think it ought to be part of the state inspection. I think it ought to be part of some sort of federal standard. But sure. that's my opinion. That in 10 cents will get you nothing. <laughs> but you have to be mindful of the age of your tire because they'll just blow apart, I mean, unexpectedly. Sure, fact, especially if they get out and get hot. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking a long trip and they get up to temperature. That glue will come on release unbonded and it will start letting that tire come yeah, apart get and you could get a massive a separation which is where the air chamber and the tread separate one from another and air can leak between it and very very dangerous situation and that happens quite regularly all too all too frequently yeah we get people in a lot of times and part of our inspections check the age on the tire part of the general inspection we check the age on the tires and you'll tell them, well, these tires are seven years old. Mm-hmm. Well, they got a lot of tread on them. Well, yes, they do have a lot of tread on them. However, they're seven years old. They're not safe to be operated. And I guess, like everything, it's sort of relative. I mean, if you are a person who maybe drives three miles a day and you're going maybe one and a half miles one way, sitting there for a while, coming back one and a half miles, you are less likely, although you could still have trouble, oh, yeah. you're less likely than a guy who gets in his car and drives 500 miles at a time. Sure. Or even gets out on the interstate and drives 70 miles an hour for 20 or 30 miles just because tire, the nature of a tire is generally where it's going to fail at higher speed and it's going to fail at higher temperature, mm-hmm. which takes a while to occur. So it's not that it's safe if you're under that. It's just you're probably in less risk than right. a guy who might be the other way. And one of the places where we see this a lot is like on motor homes. Because sure. most people buy a motor home and they drive it first couple of years. Yeah, first couple of years they really take it out a good bit. But then life starts to happen. They don't get to go out as much as they would care to. And the car, the thing sits there. And these are big, big tires. Most of them have a lot of rubber on them. And it's 
they're usually kind of expensive too. Sure, and most motorhomes have at least six on them. Six Some have eight, more, maybe more, maybe ten. Whoever, depending on the size motorhome you have, but it's kind of hard to cough up three, four hundred bucks tire times maybe ten tires. Sure, when they look almost like brand new, and you want to go out for the weekend. Yeah, you want to take it out for the weekend. But again, remember you've got maybe however much a motorhome weighs, ten thousand pound missile. Sure, going down the interstate sixty, seventy miles an hour. Potential for catastrophe is pretty pretty much out there yep and i would like to see a closer inspection on those i'll tell you where that is also a major major problem and i wrote an article and it's on the website uh, about this and that is the purchase of used tires which i really really dislike yeah i don't i don't like the, that the whole idea of used tires because when a person takes a tire off a car there's normally a reason and certainly when a shop takes a tire off a car there's a reason sure if they're a reputable shop they're not just selling tires to people there's a reason i know when we remove a tire is for a reason. There's a reason this tire is no longer serviceable. And people go out and buy these used tires, which a lot of times the tire processors who are supposed to be disposing of these tires. They do a selective. They'll sort through. and they see a tire that to them looks good, they'll throw it on the side. Right. And then they'll sell it to one of these tire resellers. And I noticed one time I was just happened to be standing there and they were loading our tires up. And there were some tires there that were eight years old. And the guy's putting them on the side. I said, what are you doing? He says, well, resell these tires. I said, well, no, no, no. You're getting paid to dispose of these tires. Right, not resell them. Not resell Not put a dangerous tire back on the road. So at that point, we started damaging the tire. What sure. We'll, do- we'll take the, the drill that you use to patch a tire mm-hmm. with. You have to drill it when you put the patch in mm-hmm. to clean the hole out. We'll sidewall. Yeah. And I like to go right at the date. Right. I'll run them right through the date yeah, just two or three times. Run a couple of holes through the sidewall where it can't be repaired. And it's just to protect people from themselves. Right. And I guess in a way, it's because I'm selfish. I'm on that highway also, and I don't want someone to blow out a tire across the center lane at 70 miles an hour and head on me and my family. Sure. <laughs> so I have a, a vested interest here. You're not only that, it's in the interest of the, interest of the public. public safety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just, but you got to watch. If you do buy used tires, I don't ever recommend. Watch the dates. Watch those dates real close. Hey, take one quick little break. Be right back with a whole lot more. So, Madame Babushka, you can tell if my brand new bow and mirror are a good match? Yes. As I gaze into my crystal ball, I see him over a grill. And now he's on a couch watching football, eating a large plate of meat. Meat? Yes, no veggies. Now I see him on a boat, fishing, and then on a deer stand. Fishing and hunting? Yes, I'm afraid so. Wouldn't it be great if you could look into your car's future to see the road ahead? At AGCO, you can. Take your car to AGCO once a year for a general inspection. It's the best way to catch any potential problems that could lead to bigger repairs down the road. Ah, it looks like all this man wants to do is watch sports, hunt, fish, and grill. Oh, Madame Babushka, I love all those things. He sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Huh, c'est la vie. My work here is done. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, it's the Automotive Hour. We certainly appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. If we can give you a hand or give you some advice, why don't you give us a call? Our number is 291-6901. That's area code 225, the outside of the Baton Rouge calling area. And right now is a great time to call because our lines are all wide open. We can get your question and get you a very thorough <laughs> answer. 
And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity this morning, you can always go to the website, get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There's a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button and fill out the form and send it on in. There you go. And, of course, if you don't feel like waiting for an answer, you might just do a search on that site because if you're if you're on the Agco Auto site, just about everything we talk about on the Automotive Hour is probably covered on there somewhere. And it depends on how thorough of an answer you want. If you need just a quick answer to a simple question, you can go to the vehicle questions, which is a short to the point answer. Yep. And if you want some more information on it, you can go to the vehicle topics and it's a much thorough answer on a specific topic. That's right. It, those will go anywhere from 500 to 1,000 words with pictures, whereas the vehicle questions, there's over 1,000 of those in there, but it's just a short to-the-point answer. Correct. And it's sometimes be linked back to a detailed topic with more information if you care to, to read go that to much. that extent. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's the best way to do that. And the only thing we ask that you do not do, and that is call the shop and – I just can't come to the phone at the shop because it just takes 100% of my time to handle the shop affairs and the customers that are there. So don't call. I can't just come to the telephone to answer your questions during the week. But I don't mind answering email, so you send it that way and you'll get an answer back every single time. And that's why we're doing the show today. And we do a live show, so you can call in and we'll get a live answer. There you go. So it couldn't be any any easier than all that. We were talking just a little bit about tires Uh and stuff like that. and. Had a gentleman come in the other day with a vibration in his car, and he had four relatively new, very good name brand tires. Right. And what we found was that they were not round, and that was causing the vibration. They weren't balanced properly either, but even if you could have balanced them, they still would not have rolled properly. Because right, it's like balancing an egg. Yeah, you have round, and then you have balance. And you can balance, like you can balance a Coke machine. It's sure. just not going to roll down the road very well it has to be both round and balanced to not vibrate and he says well i thought these were good tires i said well they are excellent tires you made an excellent choice you paid good money for a tire it's just the guy you chose to install it to sell them to you did not have the wherewithal to mount and balance them properly right either he's ignorant just doesn't know the difference or just doesn't care or just whatever. I don't know why they do it the way they do it, but that is very, very common. I guess the point that I'm trying to make, it's not enough to buy a high-quality tire. you got to have somebody that knows what they're doing to install it. That's right. To put it on the rim. You would think that just installing a tire would be as simple as falling down, but I know we sat down one time and listed out about 20 things you can do wrong in the installation and balance of a tire. Sure. And we see it very, very, very frequently. One of the biggest things is that that tire has to be put on the rim. And, of course, there is a machine that puts it on there, and there's a dropped center in the rim. That's where you put one side of the tire in the dropped center, which allows the other bead to To stretch stretch far enough to go around the outside of the rim. Right. And there is, when it starts to become inflated, it moves out across that little lip. There's a little bump on, you know, you have the, the outside edge of the rim which holds it from coming off right but it's also a bump on the inside that keeps from sliding in correct and what happens is that if you do not lubricate the tire properly when you put it on the rim you start to put air into it if you put enough air into it you'll it eventually blow it out against the rim right. kind of sort of it will jump out on the rim but it's going to twist that tire carcass all up may damage the tire irreparably and like I said, the point is it has to be lubricated. 
I've seen technicians not lubricate it correctly mm-hmm. or use the wrong lubrication. The wrong stuff. And cause that same issue. Well, when you say wrong, if you use water, you think about it. This tire can stop a 4,000-pound car at 70 miles an hour on a wet road. Sure. Water's not going to lubricate it. Water does not lubricate that rubber. It's designed to run in, in have friction in water. Mm-hmm. There is a material called tire lube correct and that is the only thing you should put on it i've seen people use they don't want to buy the tire lube so they'll dishwashing use something liquid. else yeah dishwashing liquid or whatever yeah. now the problem is with dishwashing liquid is that it is slick it right. will lubricate it but it doesn't dry up right it so it would let the rim slide the tire inside may, the tire right you may balance that tire perfectly it gets out you hit the brakes a few times tire slips a little bit on the rim when it's out of balance again yep and you hear things like, my tires keep going out of balance. Well, no, the tire doesn't go out of balance. It's slipping on the rim. <laughs> exactly. You can take and put a chalk mark on the rim and the wheel, go out and drive the car. And you can and, physically see it. Yeah, it, it gives w- you a reference mark that you can see the two have moved mm-hmm. positions. And it's because they put the wrong material lubricate. to lubricate the tire. Water, like I said, will not lubricate it. Also, when you put the proper lubricant, you have to, ins- you have to apply it properly. Correct. You have to not only lubricate the tire, which but I've you, seen people do, but you have to lubricate the rim as well. Right. I've seen people just take in and lubricate the tire and slap it on the rim. Right. Well, the rim's not lubricated at that point. Right. So you're going to end up with the same situation when it inflates. It's not going to come out as on the, the rim correctly. As the tire starts to drag across this dry surface, it wipes the lubricant off. So by the time it gets to the area where it's supposed to see, it's running dry on, on the rim again. So it's just like you didn't lubricate it at all. Right. And the correct lubricant will evaporate. That is correct. Like it's supposed to. Yeah, it's, it's going to move the tire out. It's going to lubricate it properly. It's going to evaporate, and it's not going to attack the rubber in the tire. Correct. I've seen people use all sorts of oh, things, yeah. and some of them will break down the tire. Sure. It's, it's just I've seen people with grease on it mm-hmm. or a petroleum-based product. Well, yeah, that will lubricate it, but it's going to attack the tire. It's going to attack the rubber. So like everything in the world, there's a right way, a wrong way, and several little shades of gray in between. Sure. And if you mess up there, everything else after that is for nothing. It's all for naught. Because if it's not correct when it leaves the tire machine after being mounted, mm-hmm. when you hit the balancer with it, no matter what you do to it, it's not going to be right once it gets well, on the car. It will balance. It's just sure. not going to roll. And if it doesn't roll, it's going to bounce. And if it bounces, it's going to vibrate. And and balance is another issue that has several shades facets. of yeah, <laughs> oh, multiple, multiple, multiple facets. And thing is, you do your homework. You go out, you research tires, sure, and you find the very best tire out there. And you're not trying to save money. You're trying to do the right thing. But then you say, okay, this is the best tire, so I might as well buy that tire at the lowest possible price. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pick on anyone in particular, but say you go to a warehouse club or whatever and you buy this tire and you go out and they don't mount it properly. Like we said, we don't lubricate it. They stretch it over the rim. Run it dry. They have damaged that tire at that point. Now it's not going to be round because it's not seated on the rim. Best case scenario, it just won't seat properly. And it's wobbling and vibrating. We can break it down, lube it properly, and put it back on. But sometimes it's damaged beyond that. I have seen some tires come in, they're not mounted correctly, and we can break them back down, mm-hmm. remount them with the correct lubricant, and get them to seat on the rim correctly. Right. That tire you can save. But it takes a lot of time it to does. do that. And, of course, time is money. Sure. And I don't think there's anything that I've seen harder than to try to convince a place like that that they've screwed up. Right. They're doing it wrong. Yeah, they just <laughs> will not believe you. And you can go back. And tell them my car is vibrating. You've balanced them four times. They're still vibrating. So I went to Agco, and they said the tires are out around, and they get mad. They get mm-hmm. mad at me. Right. 
I'm like, look, don't kill the messenger, man. <laughs> but a fellow came from a tire store right down the street, right. and the car was shaking pretty significantly. He had been back three or four times. They even sold him a set of shock absorbers that he didn't need. Sure. Trying that to fix this vibration. And finally, he ends up coming to us. And I check it, and I even took him out in the shop and showed him. I said, these tires are not round. You give him a spin, you can see the whole tire wobbling up and down. Sure. And so he goes back to see about warranty on them, and the guy from the tire store calls me, and he's all Oh, yeah, he's all, up. yeah. When's the last time you saw four out-of-round tires on one car? I said, about 20 minutes ago when the guy <laughs> left here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm not picking on anybody, and there are ways to do this. Some tires are just not manufactured very round. Right. A cheap tire a lot of ways they save money on tires is the way they manufacture them because there's at least two ways to make a tire. One is what they call a segmented mold, and you'll find most of your best tires are made in a segmented mold. It's a bunch of pieces that go together, sort of like a collet. They cast the tire, and then they break apart in pieces so it doesn't stress the tire. A much, much cheaper way is what they call a clamshell mold. It's just two big pieces of side, you know, like a big clamshell. Sure. comes together, and when it pulls apart, that soft rubber tire that's all heated up just pulls twists all the pieces and that just hardly ever makes a round tire but it's much cheaper sure so that's part of it and then of course quality control in the factory are the carcasses round is it put together right when they lay the belts on them how much care do they take getting the belts perfectly lined up how much belting do they put in the tire and so on is that how good is the equipment they're using if the equipment's not wore out yeah all these things that an economy tire, you're probably not going to get. And mm-hmm. in a better tire, you do get. Right. And the whole reason, not only do you have a vibration, which is uncomfortable, I've had people tell me, well, you know. I'll just I, live with it. Yeah, I'll live with it. Because right. they've come to us. We told them they got out around tires. They go back to the tire store. They will not make it good. And so they just decide to live with it. Well, next thing you know, they're back again, and, hey, I got a rattle noise under my car. Well, that's the inner tire rods worn out from those out-around tires. Right. The they, struts are leaking because it's beat the, the struts all up because it's bouncing down the road instead of rolling smooth. Well, that's it. The next thing, start losing power steering fluid. Well, the rack and pinion's leaking because that constant vibration is just beating the snot out of the whole suspension. Exactly. So to save $200 on a set of tires, they end up spending right. $1,800 on front-end parts they it wouldn't need. otherwise need it. Right. And like I said, there's just no way around it. A lot of times, the cheapest way out is the more expensive way in. Exactly. But there's just no way around selecting a good quality tire to purchase mm-hmm. and selecting a shop that, that knows, knows how to mount it, knows how to put it on the rim, and perhaps more important, knows how to balance the tire once they get it on the rim. Correct. And that's a whole nother topic. We're going to talk about that right after the break. Welcome. I am the great fondue, automobile fortune teller. See? I'm hoping you can tell me if I have any big car repairs looming in my future. Ah, I see you among many cars, stopping and going. Yeah, Baton Rouge traffic. Now you're making a left turn. Hands, ten and two. Nice form. Uh, thanks? Now you're stopped at a light. Look, you're just naming things I do every day. I want to know if my car is going to break down anytime soon. If you're hoping to gaze into your car's future, Agco suggests bringing in your vehicle once a year for a general inspection. Agco gives you an honest opinion on the maintenance needed to keep your car running and save you money on big repairs in the future. Great fondue, you should try another profession instead of a car fortune teller. Well, I was a mechanic at one of those quickie lube places, and believe me, I'm actually a better fortune teller. Well, that's scary. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. 
Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tune Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? Our number is 291-6901. And we're talking a little bit about tires and some of the things that people, average guy doesn't really think about all these things. Correct. And of course, this is our world. We see it every single day, so we maybe have even an exaggerated view of the situation. But you need a tire that is not only a quality tire to start with, a good brand, a good, well-built tire, but it has to be mounted on the rim properly, and then it has to be balanced properly once you put it on the rim. And like we were speaking earlier, you can balance an egg or a Coke machine, but it's not going to roll smooth down the road. That's right. So it's got to be round before you get to the balancer with it. Well, if you get to the balancer and the tire is not round, you really need to stop at that point exactly. and correct the situation. Whether it be remount the tire onto the rim or discard that tire completely. I have sent a few tires over the years mm -hmm. back to the manufacturer. I can't use this. It's not any good. Give yep. me another one. That's right, because if it's not round, there's no sense fooling with it. Almost like when you do an alignment and a car is pulling right or left and the numbers don't reflect that, the prudent alignment man, he's going to stop, he's right gonna stop and he's going to cross those front tires to make sure he doesn't have a tire pull. Because if you got a tire pull, you can't screw the alignment up to try to compensate for a tire pull. Well, there's no amount of alignment you're going to put on it to get rid of a tire pull. Right. And if you did get it going straight at higher speed, it's going to pull the other way at lower speed. Exactly. So you have to have a good tire to start with. I see all our lines are all lit right. up. Let's see if we catch a few of these. We've got Lauren on the line. Good morning, Lauren. Hi. Can you hear me? I yes, can. Yes, ma'am. Okay, good. I'm traveling on the interstate, so it's kind of loud. I have a 2013 Toyota Tacoma. It's the V6 pre-runner version. Yes, ma'am. I'm having an issue with my AC and a heater. Okay. It only runs on high. Or what? Any of the lower speeds don't run. If you put it to a lower speed, it does nothing, or does it still blow high? It only blows on high. That's it. Yeah, the rest of them just don't do anything? Don't do anything. Okay, yes, ma'am. That was a fairly common problem on some of the Tacomas. And what it is, there's a, a part in there called a blower control module, module, and those will either fail on you or sometimes the wiring going to them will get hot and burn up. And what it does, it, it I think on high speed it bypasses this part. That's why it, it still works. You it, know, it, it puts full voltage to the motor to make it run at high speed. That's why it's still working there. But you need to have it checked, and that little blower control module, make sure the wiring going to it is still good. If the wires are good, you'd replace the blower control module. Now, you also want to check the blower motor for an excessive amperage draw. Right. They need to put an amp meter on the line because if the blower motor is pulling too many amps is what caused the part to burn out. Correct. And it could cause a new part to go out again. You might just check with the Toyota dealer and make sure there's not a policy adjustment on that because I know it's a fairly common problem with that vehicle. You may be able to get a reduced price or a free repair. If there's not, then just any shop can do the work for you. You don't have to go back to a dealer to have it done. But that's almost always the problem with that. Okay, thank you so much. I have one other question. Sure. I was rear-ended yesterday, and it looks like it's just the back bumper mm -hmm. and license plate. But once I bring it to a collision shop, mm -hmm. what are they able to do to check for, like, more than visual inspection? Yes, ma'am. What tools are they going to use? Well, it's, again, it's going to vary by the shop. And some are fully equipped to do that kind of work, some not as much. At Agco, that, that's sort of our forte. We've got a machine we put on that measures the entire car. Uh, it's, it's a frame-type machine designed to check all that. And at very least, you'd want some type of check like that where they check not only the body, but check, like, the alignment of the rear wheels and all that stuff to make sure none of that's been shifted around. 
And okay, that's, that's what I was curious about. Uh huh. <laughs> Go ahead. That's what I was curious about. Go ahead. Okay, no, that's it. Just uh, make sure they do a thorough inspection of it. Might not even be a bad idea to take it to a suspension and frame type shop when you get it back. Have them do a final inspection just to make sure everything was corrected. Because if they find something that was overlooked, a lot of times the insurance company can make a supplemental claim, and you can still get it covered. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, Laura, thanks for calling. I'm listening to you every Saturday. Well, great. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we'd love to have you. And we've got Wallace online. Good morning, Wallace. Good morning, Lewis. Yes, sir. Um, Actually, I've got a story that's kind of a, a pat on your back and the shop's back. When you're talking about balancing tires, mm-hmm. well, when my wife turned 40 years old, I asked her, what do you want for your 40th birthday? Uh-huh. She says, I have seen a set of mag wheels I want for my car. Okay. I think they look great. So we got them. We had to put new tires on it. That thing would beat us to death. They rebalanced. They even changed the rack and pinion system on the car. I finally said, let me take it to Lewis. You called me up, said, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is I found the problem. The problem is those wheels. <laughs> yep. The holes for the lugs were not drilled in the center of the wheel. So the wheel was out around, mm-hmm. so to speak. That's right. And wop, wop, wop. And he says, this was a Volvo, and you told me you cannot put an aftermarket not too much. on a yeah. Volvo. Mm-hmm. And not, not have problems. And that was it. But there you go. There's one more instance. That, um, <laughs> you jump in and. Something that you know, makes a lot of sense, but oh, yeah. how do you find it? You know, but yeah. you're able to find it. Yeah, it, yep. it, it's pretty difficult. It takes somebody who's fairly familiar with wheels, tires, and all that stuff to sure. find. That's kind of our main business, so or one of our main exactly. businesses. So, yeah, but that's a good story. Yep. It's, well, there are others, but that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go back up. All right. Well, I've been dealing with you for a long time, and you've done some really good work. Well, so, thank, thank you. you very much. Well, thank you. You're Thanks welcome. for calling, man. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number, and we've got Tony online. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Lewis and Brian. Good morning. Kind of in line with the other guy just now. Uh-huh. Um, I found that you guys aren't the cheapest, but uh-huh. I've never had any problem with the work you've done. Well, good. Appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. One thing about tires. Mm-hmm. Remember the old days, back when I was much younger, mm-hmm. when you bought a set of tires, they balanced and trued it, or maybe they didn't call it true, they called it rounded. Well, yeah, they, there they, was a truing machine. Yeah. We, we used to have one as well. That was a fairly common thing we used to do back, particularly with the old bias tires, because virtually none of those were around. It, was it a machine? You put it on a machine, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a lathe. Right, exactly right. It had a little blade yep. on it. It would cut the high spots off the tire. Right. Yep. Right. So they don't do that no more? Well, the problem is we still got an on-car tire truer, but what we're finding, the tires now, and I guess it's just because they're trying to make them cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, they are so far out of round that they can't be true. I mean, it's a defect in the carcass of the tire. It's not yeah, by just time, a little bit of run out in the rubber. By the time you got done truing it, you wouldn't have You'd any have tread left two-thirds of the rubber off one side oh. of it. You know, so it's just not practical to do it in most instances. Okay. You know, so, the problem's gotten a whole lot worse. Back the, those days, I think the carcass was fairly round, but the deviation in the rubber on the outer thing was off somewhat you were talking like a 32nd to a 16th of an inch and you could true that off and, and you were fine i've seen tires come in new that have already been trued yeah and had been rounded before they were shipped out yeah they'll grind them to try to make them yeah. better but yeah if the carcass is the problem you just can't cut enough rubber off 
I mean, we see tires an eighth inch and more out around three, four, five, almost five millimeters sometimes yeah, by the out time, around. By the time you cut that out, you'd you have, have no, no left. rubber left. Yeah, I see what you're saying. What so, we can do, uh, occasionally, like we get p- people who are just very, very, very picky and they want the ultimate and they've got a good set of tires and they just want to get them perfect, we can true them and make them perfect. But that is not so much the problem as what without round tires. So when you true them, I, I guess before you start cutting them, you spin it and look at the gap Evaluate between the highs and the lows. Yes, sir. Right. And we have a dial indicator we can put on and measure that. Okay. But we've got an on-the-car tire truer now, which is even more accurate. The old ones, you would take the tire wheel off and put them on right. the machine and true them. And we had one of those for years, and then later they came out with on-the-car truing. And that's what we've got now where you can true them on the car. And what you'd mark the wheel to the stud and the tire to the wheel. And that way, if it ever had to come off the vehicle, put it back. In the you same can put position. it back in the same position, and yeah. it took all the the variation between the mounting, the studs, the right. wheel, everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I bought a used pickup not too long ago. In fact, you guys did some work on it for oh, me. Well, good. But you can, you, yeah. I've jacked up the the tires. I got a little bit of kind of a wobble, or mm-hmm. not really a wobble, but a, a not really good feeling in the front end. Mm-hmm. I've jacked it up and took it out of here and spun the wheel. Mm-hmm. And put my finger up against this as I'm spinning. I can right. feel it highs and lows. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and know, if you can so. feel it with that method, it's probably a pretty good, pretty significant amount. You know, any, anything over about a sixteenth of an inch is going to really a- affect you. I got you. So basically, just put up with it until I need tires, or just go ahead and swap them out now. Yeah, you. Basically, you, you would really be better off to go ahead and swap them out now because they're going to do damage to your front end. Sure. They're going to end up beating the ball joints up, beating the shocks up, beating the rack and pinion up. It's going to yeah. cost you more to try to get the life out of them than it would just to get rid of them. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Good thing is, though, I don't. I, it's just a little in-town yeah. vehicle. Well, it's going to be a lot less critical right. if, you're, if you're driving at a lower speed than yeah. at a higher speed. Is part of your quality control, whenever you sell a tire, mm-hmm. do you check that? Do you check the oh, absolutely. rounds of it? Absolutely. Every, every one of them. Every single tire. Yep. We, we do that at, we mount them on the rim, but before we balance them, we check them. And then uh, as a secondary step, what we'll do, and we're going to get into balancing a little bit, but you spin them up, balance them, rotate them on the machine 180 degrees, and spin them again to make sure everything is true from that point. And that's a secondary step that you can do to Make sure that the tire yeah. is truly balanced because if you rotate it on the rent, on the balance machine and it comes up off, something's not right in the setup, and you got to stop and correct that before you go on. I know. Just one more thing. I know these days when you buy a set of tires, you know they want to tell you the road hazard and balance and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but they don't ever. I don't recall them lately saying true and balanced. Mm-hmm. You know they don't they don't use that term anymore. Yeah. Anyway, yep. all right. Well, thanks, guys. All right, Tony. Thanks, man. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number of you only part of the automotive. All right, and we've got Tom online. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, Good morning. Good morning, Lewis and Brian. I have a question on my 2012 Honda CRV. Mm-hmm. It's um, with the heater. Okay. It's become more noticeable lately since it's been so cold, but the driver's side heat is a lot colder than the, the passenger side. Okay. It's like 30 to 40 degrees. Yes, different. sir. Mm-hmm. You know, you almost, that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost every time, Tom, that's what they call the air mix motor. And on mm-hmm. like GM and Ford, they call it an actuator. Honda calls it an air mix motor. It's a little electric motor that turns a blend door that ducks air through the heater and all that. You know, before, it was a cable. You just pulled a cable yeah, or moved a lever and you would do it manually. Slide, but, but now it's automatic. It's electrical. <laughs> and that gives them the advantage of being able to do dual zone heat and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's almost always going to be the fault with that. 
I have investigated it some, mm-hmm. and it seems that they've had a problem with those models of 2012 mm-hmm. to 2014 with the uh, heater core. Well, and they have a fix for it where they flush the heater core for yeah. like six hours. The only thing I would say with a heater core is it would affect both sides equally. Right. You know, if, if it yeah. just didn't get hot enough or just didn't get cold, mm-hmm. you know, cold enough or something like that, maybe. Yeah. But I don't see but how that would affect yeah. one side yeah. or the other. Yeah, you, you yeah. can tell it's getting hot because one side is hot. Yeah, if the and right the other side, side is, is normal not. and the left side is not, mm-hmm. then it's got to be in the in mm-hmm. the actuators in the doors. Now, and if if neither side is hot enough, in other words, they normally blow somewhere uh, around 120, 130 degrees out of those blowers. If, mm-hmm. let's say, I'm one side it. is 90 and the other side is 70, well, then maybe you would have something like a heater core plugging because what can happen is that the right side is closer to where the core is at, so it's going to get all the heat and the other side is not. But if one side is almost normal and the other side is not, it's almost always going to be either the air mix motor or the door for the air mix motor hanging up. It's, it's about upper 60s on the driver's side and almost 120 on the Yeah, passenger. we'll see 120 is close that, to normal yeah. on that side. So if it were the core, I don't think it could get to the 120 on that side. Mm-hmm. I did call a Honda dealer mm-hmm. this morning and talk to him, and they – are aware of that problem, and that's mm-hmm. what they say it is, is the, the heater core. Well, and, I mean, if they're willing to fix it for free, I'd let them do it. Yeah. You know, just they're and not see. wanting to fix it for free. It's well, $300. well, then the only thing <laughs> I would say, opinion. okay, do you absolutely guarantee this is going to fix this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And to hedge your bet, I mean, if you got a Honda scan tool, you can go into the body control module, and there will be a code mm-hmm. in there for that air mix motor. It's it, not going to turn the light on. It does not turn the check engine light on. You can't get to it with a code reader. But if you got something that will mm-hmm. access the body module, it generally is going to set a code in the yeah. body module for the air mix motor and tell you that that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's would, not that uh, hard to diff- not difficult to find. Would, if you had, like, the that blue driver scan tool, would that show that? No. No, you have to have something no. that can okay. access the body control module. Uh, okay. Which is okay. generally going to be something in the $10,000 range as far as scan yes. tools Factory go. Factory scan tool. Factory scan tool. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, okay. Oh, well, I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most I mean, people in, can't. In just about anybody can Most check that for can't. you. What area of town? Uh, are you in Baton Rouge, Tom? Or no, I'm state? in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Okay. okay. I'm more than sure there's a good independent shop there who could run the codes mm-hmm. and just tell you if that is it. I mean, if there are no codes mm-hmm. in the air mix motor, then, you know, I don't know how you would confirm the heater core other than maybe you could do a flow test or something on it. But mm-hmm. if you okay. check the two hoses going in and out just for your own they're, peace they're of mind, in and out. they're both real hot in and out. Then I would think it's probably not going to be a restriction in the heater core because one should be real hot and the other one would be kind of coolish if it were that. Mm-hmm. If, okay. you, if you got a uh, infrared thermometer, one that shoots a little uh, laser light beam, you can yeah. test both the hoses, and they should be relatively close yeah, in, if there's in a, the temperature. A, mm-hmm. Say there's a 30, 40-degree drop between the two, well, then maybe we'd be looking at something like a restricted heater core. But, mm-hmm. you know, okay. I just don't see that being the problem. And how many miles do you have on the car? It's 95. Yeah, that's relatively low mileage. Yeah. I mean, if you've changed the coolant at least once, then I wouldn't it's, think you would have yeah. much of a problem there. Mm-hmm. I've only had it seven months, but mm-hmm. I saw where it had been changed in the 50, somewhere in the 50. Yeah, yeah so it was done early. And, I mean, certainly it wouldn't hurt if you got 90 to probably go ahead and change it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I just don't see that. I mean, only if both sides were low and one side were lower, I could see that being a problem. Mm-hmm. But okay. if you're blowing 120 degrees on one side, i got to say the core is working. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Okay. And we've well, changed quite a few of those air mix motors for that problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, Tom. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, one last quick little break. Be right back with a whole lot more. 
Lights on my damn babushka. You can tell if my brand new bow and mirror are a good match. Yes, as I gaze into my crystal ball, I see him over a grill. And now he's on the couch watching football, eating a large plate of meat. Meat? Yes, no veggies. Now I see him on a boat, fishing, and then on a deer stand. Fishing and hunting? Yes, I'm afraid so. Wouldn't it be great if you could look into your car's future to see the road ahead? At Agco, you can. Take your car to Agco once a year for a general inspection. It's the best way to catch any potential problems that could lead to bigger repairs down the road. Ah, it looks like all this man wants to do is watch sports, hunt, fish, and grill. Oh, Madame Babushka, I love all those things. He sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Ah, c'est la vie. My work here is done. Keep your car on the road longer. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. We appreciate your calls, and that's what April did. Good morning, April. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning. I was calling about the uh, Disney movie. You got me at a loss. <laughs> um, I guess I was connected to the wrong. The wrong show. Yeah, that's what it okay. sounds like. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, you, you know, Disney that, that's movie, what, they show those cars with little tires hopping up and down and all. Yeah. Could yeah. very well be. Could, could be. <laughs> that's the falls of live radio. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, we were talking just a little bit about balance and right. such as that. And number one, when you balance tire, you have to make sure it's chucked up on the machine properly. Well, you got to make sure the tire is correctly put on the rim like we discussed right earlier. Round. Then when you bring it to the balancer you've got to run a check to make sure that you have it mounted to the balancer correctly. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not mounted there correctly, whatever you do pass in is not going to well, yeah, do any good. If, let's say, for instance, when someone took the tire off and went to put it back on, they it's an aluminum wheel, they banged it against one of those lug studs and put a little burr in the center hole of that wheel. Well, on a normal OEM-type wheel, they're hub-centric. That means the hub is what lines that wheel up. Correct. Well, there's a burr in there, so it's not going to line up properly on the car it's also not going to line up properly on the balancer. So let's say that tire is shifted off center, maybe five thousandths of an inch. Well, you're ma- moving all that mass to one side, and you're balancing for that. You Correct. do get it perfectly balanced. But then when you put it on the car, if you put it in a different position, or if it centers up, it's not balanced. So it has to be balanced. And the way that you check that, like you were saying on our machine, it will spin it once. You rotate 180 degrees, it'll spin it again and make sure the readings are the same. Correct. Before it'll allow you to go on to balance. Right. It's just the way that machine is set up. It's a, it's a check to make sure you're chucked up to the machine correctly. Mm-hmm. And then once you get it chucked to the machine correctly, whether it be you may have to clean the back of the rim. That's right. Or take a small file and clean that burr off. But if it's not mounted correctly, it's going to tell you after that first spin, it's a, it's it fails. Figure out why it's not mounting correctly. Well, you may have to select a different mounting method. For the balancer, because there are many ways that tires can be mounted to a balancer. One of the most rudimentary is just a cone, and uh-huh. that's what a lot of people use. But there are also collets, which work better on some types of wheels. Sure. Some of them have a dedicated fixture with the, the size exactly the same, like some of your Ford products. They have Ford, a special Toyota. piece with a, a centerpiece that will fit in there. And some of them will balance off the lug studs, just depending on if it's a lug-centric wheel or a hub-centric wheel. And we like to use, depending on the wheel, like you were saying, we use the cones and the fingers. So we were locking in from both sides. 
or your European wheels, we use the collet. We've got a collet method that mm-hmm. we balance those with. Right. And some of them, they have like a cone-shaped lug nut, and you have a cone-shaped finger that you'll use. Some of them have a rounded bottom lug stud, right. and they make a special finger for that. All of this is before you ever start to balance the wheel. Sure. This is just, just to get, get it, it on the machine <laughs> properly. Correct. Now, when you balance it, there are different degrees some machines round off the last quarter ounce. They do. First thing you got to check is to make sure the rim is straight. Right. A lot of times that doesn't get caught until the tire has been put on it. Because even if it's chucked up right and the tire is mounted right, if the rim is not straight, then it's the tire is going to run out. And you're still going to have problems. Problem. With it. Let's see if we can catch one more call before you go off the air today. And we've got Chip online. Good morning, Chip. Good morning. Sir. Good morning. Uh, 2006 Nissan Type mm-hmm. blows hot air when you drive it, really hot. Uh-huh. If you stop for 30 seconds, it goes to blowing cold. As soon as you take off, within 30 seconds to a minute, it blows hot again. I would say low on coolant. Could be low on coolant. You might check that. Oh. Even if the reservoir is showing full, some of those use a siphon system, and they won't indicate. Let it cool completely off, and then take the cap off and look in the radiator. There should be fluid all the way to the bottom of the right, cap. Right, because when they're low on coolant and the pump starts to turn slow, it may not circulate the coolant through, through the, the heater, heater core. core. When you're turning faster, it can draw it through and force it through there. That would be, okay. be the most common thing. Yeah. That sounds like something I'll check out. Uh, there you go. And, and, of course, if it is low, it's got to leak somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that is a sealed system. So if it's, got, if it's not at full level, it's got to leak somewhere. It's you need to leak, find that. Find the leak. All right. Well, I sure appreciate your help. Okay, All right, man. sir. Thank you. All right. I'll tell you, just about out of time. We'll tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening to us this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week, every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, whichever that might be. Right. Find a written review and fill it out for us. There you go. We sure appreciate it. And if you can't find a review on your site, just go to Google or Yelp or whatever and, and give us a review there. We'll there appreciate go. that just as much. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.